G'day guys and girls and welcome back to the extended bench mailbag section for this week. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to dive straight into your questions off of Twitter and just remember everyone, if you ever want to send us a question, all you have to do is jump onto Twitter. We are at extendedbenchau. You know, anything you want to know at any time, if you've got a question about someone that you're trying to bring in, trying to decide between a few people, you're you're wondering about who you should field in draft leagues on a particular week, just let us know. We're more than happy to help if we have a chance. So first question this week comes from Peter Dimnicky, uh, who's wondering, I have Luke Ryan, Howe, and Seedsman in draft. Who is the best pickup out of Miles, Marchbank, or McStay for Seedsman? Uh, and uh, he's got a second part, so I'll just get to this one first. So, obviously, Seedsman is out with what looks like a pretty big injury. Um, so, out of Miles, Marchbank, or McStay, I actually quite like Marchbank. I mean, Caleb Marchbank is my boy a little bit, and uh, he came off a good 79 last week, 89 this week. Um, could have been a much bigger score, as I discussed uh, during the podcast. And I just love his easy, coasty sort of uh, finish to the season. Colton have a really, really nice run home through the finals. So Marchbank for me, mate, I I think that's definitely the one I'd be leaning towards. Uh, Of the next two, I'd definitely uh, go Miles second ahead of McStay. Um, Yeah, there's there's just... I I never seem to trust key uh, position defenders. Um, There's just something about them that... They don't seem to quite rack up a lot. You want that sort of third up tall. Um, and Dan McStay has been playing that sort of um, ex, uh, almost key position defender, particularly with Harris Andrews being out. Uh, now that Harris Andrews is back in, that adds another dimension of you know risk to uh, McStay. So I'd go Marchbank, then Miles, then McStay. Um, uh, second part of your question, Peter, uh, you're wondering, uh, also, do you agree with Howe and Langdon? going out for McRae and Hamish Brayshaw via DPP. <sighs> okay, um, so I'm going to assume that that's Jeremy Howe and Tom Langdon um, going out for McRae and Hamish Brayshaw. Uh, oh, sorry, no, Tom Langdon. What am I talking about? Zach Langdon. Um, yep, yeah, no, absolutely love it. So... If as long as you're not being forced to field uh, someone like uh, you know Colin O'Riordan uh, in the back line when you're taking Howe out via DPP, um, yeah, I really like that option because uh, McRae is going to be one of the better scorers going home on the uh, through the finals, and you know Hamish Brayshaw he's probably not going to play, but he's that 170k guy that's in with a chance. I mean. If Hamish Brayshaw, you're bringing him in as a midfielder, I would almost look at maybe Nathan Freeman uh, at 170k because he is in with a big chance to play. Um, uh, so that that would be someone that I would also check out instead of Hamish Brayshaw. Um, all right, so hopefully that helps you out, Peter. Next question comes in from... Oh, Still the best name in fantasy, Goonbag Fantasies himself. Wondering, uh, Adams to McRae uh, or Cripps um, or McLean to Dunkley? <laughs> well, I already said uh, during the podcast that I love the idea of going McLean to Dunkley. But I would say that I, I would just prefer to have uh, one of McRae or Cripps in my final midfield over Adams. I just, 
I think you've just got so much more security there. There's much less risk associated with that. Um, and I would feel much more comfortable with one of those two guys. Of the two, oh, I mean, Cripps is in ripping form. McRae, we know what he's done at the start of the season. It's a real toss of the coin for me there. But, you know, maybe you just have to... I was going to say go with either that's cheaper, but at this time of the year, if you can afford the best player, you just go with the best player. Um, so, yeah, for me, maybe Cripps, I think. I would probably prefer to have Cripps in my side. So Adams to Cripps would be the go with there, mate. Uh, next question is from Jackson, who's uh, got a couple here. Uh, he's got a couple of options for me, actually. So his uh, first option is Steph to Grundy and then uh, Joel Selwood to Gary Ablett. Or option two is Gibbs to McRae and uh, Joel Selwood to Kelly. Um, I would... Oh, geez, tough, but I would much prefer to go uh, Steph to Grundy and Joel Selwood to Gary Ablett. Not that I think, you know, Gary Ablett's going to be absolutely locked into the top eight, but he's in good form at the moment. And the most important thing is you're getting Steph Martin out for Brody Grundy. You have to have, like I said during the podcast, Brody Grundy and Max Gorn. Otherwise, you're not going to be super competitive this year. It's just not going to happen. So... Um, yep, you need to move uh, Steph on for Grundy and getting Joel Selwood up to a, a guy who's in considerably better form than him at the moment is a great option. And Gibbs isn't the worst player to have in your midfield either. So, you know, in the next couple of weeks, if you can work towards getting players like Gibbs or Ablett into guys like, um, you know, McRae and Kelly, those sorts of guys, you can do that a little bit later than you can get by without Grundy for my thoughts. Um, hope that helps out Jackson, mate. So next one is from Craig. Uh, he's wondering, need to bring in a mid, but only have 630k to spend. Uh, he's looking at either Dusty Martin, uh, Cunnington, Adams, Shuey, or Rockliffe. Open to any other ideas, but did get Dunkley as a forward. That was going to be my first sort of option. Um, Dunkley was, <laughs> I mean, you can use him as a DPP and he's in fantastic form. Look, uh, Dusty Martin, no, not for me. I mean, he's not showing the form at the moment to warrant bringing him in, uh, even if he is slightly cheaper. Uh, Cunnington is in, has had a few really good games, but as we all know, particularly draft league owners out there, he's more than likely to go out and get somewhere around about 85, and, you know, somewhere around about there this week. He's he's not a consistent high scorer. Um Adams, oof, yeah, that's that's definitely an option. Rocky as well would be a good option. Uh, and uh, Luke Shuey, cheese. Okay, so for me, if you finalized your forward line, I would probably uh, not bring in Rocky. So if you've got a forward line that you are really happy with and you don't want to change anyone in there at the moment, I wouldn't bring in Rocky because he's not going to score high enough as a pure midfielder. Uh, and... He, the only benefit to bringing him in would be to then switch him into your forward line in a week or two's time. Uh, I actually like Luke Shuey. So obviously he was a late out this week and that absolutely sucked for coaches that brought him in. But he's 590k, he's dirt cheap. He has a super low break even. Break even's not really something you look at at this stage of the year. But, um, you know, if you do make it deep into the finals, it just means he might be able to make that 70 or 80k and you can, in that last week, upgrade him to someone who you know is going to have a one-week fantastic game. Uh, and even in the grand final, he's playing a, 
Brisbane. So that could be... Shuey himself could be a pretty good uh, player to have in that match. Um, and also, uh, you know, because he, he was in really, really good form before going out as a, a last-minute out this week... Um, you know, he was scoring hundreds every week for the past month. So for me, I would probably go Shuey, then Adams, then Rocky, Cunnington, and then Dusty behind that. So um, it's particularly tough on Dusty, but I owned him for a full half of the year. I couldn't get rid of him, and uh, <laughs> he's on the never again list for me, to be honest, after that. It's it's really frustrating watching him lazily run around the field. Um, so hopefully that helps you out there, Craig. Uh, next question is from Brody, uh, who's wondering, uh, can you see a reason why Stephen May has suddenly gone so big? Uh, he's got a couple of other questions, so I'll just answer that one first. So Stephen May has been pretty awesome for the past few weeks. So obviously he's probably, well, definitely going to miss out on this week after being suspended for one. But uh, prior to that, uh, he had uh, 93 uh, last week, uh, 112 the week before that, 87, 51, and 116. He has been freed up a lot more. They haven't been playing him as a lockdown defender. Um, So he has been playing that role a little bit. Now that Rory Thompson is fit and firing and doing very well himself, um, he can play, I mean, almost as that, third tall, realistically, um, and he's just getting a lot of intercept marks. So he's the one, the goalkeeper back there, you know, your Jeremy McGovern type, your, um, you know, Jeremy McGovern had a particularly solid fantasy season last last year where he was averaging close to 80, um, and that's pretty much what Stephen May is bringing up towards the end of the season now. So uh, his last five average is 91 uh, with a average for the season of 78. So, I mean... There's the only reason I can see behind it is he's just getting much more intercept marks, and that does come from a little bit of a role change from the past couple of years. But I think it's just a rich vein of form, to be honest. All players go through it from time to time, and he is a key position defender. He's missing this week, so hopefully that doesn't change the uh, the consistency that he's putting together at the moment. But, I mean, I wouldn't be putting too much faith in him. Like I wouldn't bring him in assuming that he'll be the savior, savior of your side. Um, uh, second part of the question for Brody is, also, what do you think Duncan can average next year? Sorry, not Duncan. <laughs> Ahern can average next year. Um, look, Ahern, I, I said it during the podcast, I really rate this kid. He was a really high draft pickup. He just couldn't put together performances on the park because he was constantly injured. Um, look, the only worry for me going forward with Ahern is the fact that he plays for North Melbourne because North Melbourne aren't traditionally the most fantasy-friendly team to play for. Um, I, I think that he can definitely average somewhere close to 85 next year, maybe even higher, maybe pushing towards 88, 89. Um and then, you know, who knows what he could do from there. He could be an incredible fantasy player. But that all depends on some of the other players they bring in. They've got Luke Davies, Uniac playing in the um, VFL. If he hits a rich vein of form, comes in and starts taking midfield time away from him. Uh, Ryan Clark has been playing a lot in the midfield lately. Does he steal some midfield time off of him? And, you know, this is really one of the few big games that Ahern's put together. He's putting together a very solid season, but we haven't seen him do this quite consistently yet. So uh, for me, uh, I'd say 85 is a realistic number for Ahern. Uh, 
Uh, and there's a third part to Brody's question. So, uh, also wondering, is Dunkley a must-have forward? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> we talked about it during the podcast, and in the form he's in, he is the absolute form forward of the competition. He's been fantastic. Um, yeah, I absolutely look to bring Dunkley in as soon as possible. Um, and with that, I think we might wrap up, wrap up some of the questions. We've got a few in this week, and we'll uh, we'll jump straight into Risk It for the Biscuit, which... I'm sure of you out there uh, all know how this game is played by now. So basically what we do is uh, if you're coming up to a crucial matchup, and I mean this week, last week before finals, this is a crucial matchup. Um, if you've got an injury on the field, someone that uh, like Paul Seedsman, if you're desperate for someone to come in off the waiver wire and score you very well this particular week, these are the guys to look at. These are the guys to risk it for the biscuit on. Um, the couple of rules that we do have are that they have to be less than 50% selected in uh, Ultimate Footy Teams. Um, that's the platform that we use, but uh, they have to be under 50% so that most teams will have access to them. Uh, and generally during the year, we do have the rule where we kind of selected them twice, but that goes out the window pretty much halfway through the season because you are scraping the bottom of the barrel by then. So uh, sometimes you have to pick up those players that have been on and off the waiver list a couple of times already. So uh, we'll jump straight into it. Now, I believe that uh, if Matt was here, he should have first pick this week. So uh, what I'll do is uh, I will dive straight into Matt's selections for Risk It for the Biscuit. And his first one this week is Adam Kennedy from GWS. So uh, he's owned by 9% of the competition. Uh, He's actually had three games back from injury. So he's been doing okay and he's slowly starting to build up to some good form. Um, he's had a uh, 63 against Port and an 80 against St. Kilda. Now, the best part of um, this for me, just looking at Matt's selection, is that it is uh, he's coming up against, I believe it's Carlton this week. Now, that should be a fantastic uh, game for him to be able to score particularly well in. Um, so... You know, any team that's coming up against, you know, your Carlton's, your Gold Coast's, your Bulldogs, uh, Fremantle, those are the sorts of teams uh, or players that you want to have in your side. So um, Luke Shuey this week, for example, against Frio, he's a great option. Um, Obviously, uh, Kelly this week against Carlton, great option. Um, You know, there's you've really got to start... um, uh, picking up players based on matchups, so matchup pickups, because uh, at this end of the season, you really need those players that are going to pump out a great score that particular week. Um, so Adam Kennedy, great selection as a defender. Um, my first pick of the round, actually, is not surprisingly one of Matt's pickups. Um, so uh, Matt and I both went with uh, Jack Lonnie this week. So he's a St. Kilda forward. He's only owned by 11% of the competition. He's had a pretty solid past couple of weeks. So um, he scored 93 against Carlton, 83 against GWS. Great to see him score well in a against a poor team. So Carlton, he had 93. But even better to see him get a, uh, a solid score against a, a very good team in which his team lost. So 83 points against GWS on the weekend. Uh... The big thing for me is that he's coming up against the Doggies this week, and they are giving up some scores. So um, I 
Honestly, this would be one of the few matches where I would safely pick St. Kilda as the winner. And I think Jack Lonnie is going to reap the benefits. So he's definitely one you can bring in with some confidence off the waiver wire this week. Um, last one for Matt. Uh, is, I love this pick because uh, it's risky and it's what this game is all about. So uh, Ruckman forward from North Melbourne, 50% owned, is Majak Dorr. Uh, now, since he's been moving into sort of that hybrid forward defender role, he scored pretty consistently in the 80s. So 86 against Sydney, 82 against Collingwood, and 81 against West Coast. All good teams to play against as well. So, you know, they're tougher teams to score against. It's good to see him get that consistency in trickier games. Um, has Brisbane up next? Their tall forward line isn't particularly fantastic. I think that they're going to be bombing the ball in a lot and he's going to reap the benefits of that. So Magic Door is actually a really astute pickup and particularly for two ruck draft leagues out there, if Magic Door is somehow unowned, he shouldn't be. He he could quite easily play on the field as your second starting ruck uh, in a lot of leagues because, I mean, with Ruckman, we all know there's there's just not a great amount of them out there. I mean... Once you go past the top six or seven, it really starts to dilute quite quickly. Um, and the last pick for Risk It for the Biscuit this week, the last of mine, um, I'm going with uh, something a little bit different. Uh, so uh, from uh, Adelaide uh, forward, uh, we're looking at Riley Knight. So Riley Knight owned by 24% of the competition. Um, he's actually had a pretty solid return from injury. So since coming back in the past three games, he's gone 65, 74, and 101. So he's slowly building into some form, which is fantastic to see. They're coming up against Port in the showdown, the Crows. So that could be a little bit of a tricky match. But Port have been up and down this season. So they could actually give up a few fantasy scores. And I just like the progression that Riley Knight is putting into his game at the moment. So moving from 65 to 71 and then up to uh, that 101 this week. Just a really big fan of that uh, that upward trend. So those are our picks for this week. We're looking at, uh, of course, uh, Jack Lonnie, Riley Knight for myself, Adam Kennedy, and then Majak Door for Matt. So if any of those guys are on your waiver list and you're needing someone in that particular line on your field, love the idea of going out onto the um, waiver wire and picking them up. Thanks again for joining us this week. Well, for joining me this week, Matt will be back in the studio as of next week. Uh, We'll have a lot to discuss because the first week of finals will be coming up and that's when it starts to get absolutely hectic. So uh, good luck for this week. I hope that your team makes it through into finals um, and uh, hopefully uh, we don't cop too many injuries or late outs again this week. Have a fantastic week of fantasy footy, everyone, and we'll see you next round. Yeah.